Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much, maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Welcome back to the Shift of Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Ben Easter. And today I've got the lovely Julianne Brazer on the call. Hello. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because uh, you are just such a, a badass in what you've mm-hmm. created in your life and in your business. And I'm really excited to uh, to have a conversation where today we're going to talk a little bit about what your shifts to freedom have been in the past. So welcome. Great. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. I was wondering if you could tell us in the beginning, just uh, give us a, an idea of what your business is, what you do, how long you've been around, that sort of thing. Yes, I started my consultancy, Dialogue New York, five years ago, actually, this month, which is crazy hard to believe. Um, yeah, it went quickly. But um, Dialogue is ultimately a, a digital marketing consultancy. Uh, we're based in Brooklyn, and we specialize in building influence marketing strategies for different luxury and lifestyle brands. So we work with a really wide variety from Shiseido and Adidas sort of on the corporate end to a lot of sort of mid-range startups like uh, Brooklinen and Seed Probiotics and Sakara Life. And then also some early stage startups as well, Gia, Gold, Emmy Kalei and whatnot. Uh, so our approach really varies, but at the end of the day, we kind of just believe in two main philosophies, one being a layered approach to influence marketing and the second being just longevity of relationships. Started that five years ago. We were just discussing, we've been working together for the last two. So that also went by really quickly. That's basically, you know, what we do. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Five years is such a, I feel like there's, that's such like a turning point in uh, yeah. the entrepreneurial journey that like things really start to crystallize, settle in. Uh, but it's also definitely. like such a great milestone to have been around for five years. That's so awesome. It's yeah, definitely. List of clients. <laughs> yes. For listeners who maybe they've been thinking about coaching or they've been just really feeling like they don't have as much freedom as they might want in, in their lives. Tell me a little bit about what what was the impetus initially for us to have a conversation, if you could remember, or like why have a conversation with a coach in the first place? Before even diving in, I'm going to toot your horn and might embarrass you a little bit, but um, I just want to say how incredibly, incredibly grateful I am that I crossed paths with you two years ago. Um, and I really, really credit you for so much of our our growth and um, really helping me craft and change my mindset, which you know I, I think is really core to what your philosophy is, but really kind of get around the limitations that I was placing on myself and you know, just, it's been so, so valuable. And every single week as we continue to work together, we unfold new things to, to unblock. So very, very grateful for you. And honestly, I I didn't know much about uh, having a business coach. I was uh, first connected through Madison Utendahl, another client and referred, you know, just 
in, in hearing sort of her experience of how influential you were, I think the best way to describe how we first um, started off a couple of years ago was the word boredom. I specifically remember using the word bored when we first chatted. And I remember speaking with you and saying, I'm in all intents and purposes, dialogue is successful. We are growing. We have a great reputation. We're profitable. We are producing great work. I have a great team that I really support and I'm proud of, but I felt really bored in in the way in which I was running the business and, and found that I was kind of hitting a roadblock in terms of evolution. And so that's sort of where we started. And I, I think the impetus was recognizing that I had hit a certain level and plateaued and that I was ready to get to the next level. That's where it started. And then I think there was so much I unfolded throughout that time that I didn't even know was was blocking me. So it definitely evolved. I, I think that the, there's like kind of two of the, when I talk to founders, especially in the earlier stages, there's a couple of the big like blockers. And one of them is overwhelm. A lot of people are in that like, oh, I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy busy. And then the other one is mm-hmm. this boredom. Like, oh, I kind of feel like I got yeah. where I was setting out to get to. And I don't know what, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I want to keep doing that or mm-hmm. like whatever. And so I, I think it's really interesting to hear that uh, from your perspective. Love to double click on the beginning stage. So like point A, where you were, where, where were you feeling uh, like kind of less than free? Because again, this is the shift of podcast. Mm-hmm. So it, back in those early stages, can you walk us through like, what was your, what was your business looking like? Well, how, how are you thinking about team? How are you thinking about yeah. what you were doing with clients and where were you kind of feeling stuck? So I think what's really interesting is the notion of entrepreneurism feels very um, individualistic and, and, and free. Um, but what was interesting is we met when I was three years into my entrepreneurial journey And I didn't really realize how much I was following the shoulds and the expectations of a New York female founder entrepreneur. And being in this world of New York for the last decade, um, there were assumptions that I made around what quote unquote success looked like. And that was working and grinding an obscene amount of hours and being physically present in New York and plugged in um, constantly. And um, always up, always grinding, always more, um, never satisfied. So as much as I do think that probably led to some of my success because it really like fueled a fire, I think it put me in a box where um, I was was defining success in these really um, kind of mainstream ways. And so that's where I began. I think I had just a handful of uh, team members at the time, myself and maybe one or two additional team members, um, and a handful of clients, I think probably around four or five at the time. It's hard to remember back then, but what really was the biggest change for me is you kind of demonstrating to me that there were stories I was placing um, and bringing to our sessions every single week around well, that's not possible because X, Y, and Z, or I can't do that. And I was also living part-time in Paris, between New York and Paris, and feeling immense amount of guilt about being on the different time zones, Paris time zone. And, you know, I should be working till one in the morning, New York hours, that's what's expected of me. Um, and, I, and I think I just had the biggest eye-opening moment of all of these stories are just made up and they don't exist. And when you can kind of reframe success and define the way you want to run your business. It was so, so liberating and free. So I think that was my biggest kind of learning back then. 
That's awesome. I, I remember you having that. You're like, I want to be, you know, watching a movie with my husband or something like that, mm-hmm. and just be turned off. But I'm always checking my phone, and I just remember that being big, yeah. like a big block. And it's <laughs> and checking emails and responding at one in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And I think people listening to this can totally resonate with that because again, your it's uh, the story of the the New York hustle and all that. That's a really mm-hmm. common one. Like you got to be go yeah. go go. I, I forget the exact numbers, but do you remember like how many hours a week you were working back then? Oh my god, in those days. Oh, crazy amount. Definitely over forty hours a week. Um, and and really it was, and it was just sort of like the assumptions of. Yeah, to be successful, you need to be grinding through the late hours on weekends, getting ahead of it. Um, and and also, there was a lot of fear involved in it. It was, um, if I don't do X, Y, and Z, then I will, quote unquote, fail, which we broke down real quick, <laughs> the notion of failure as well. Yeah. Um, but I, it was just this fear of if I'm not available, if I'm not online, if I'm not grinding, if I'm not physically in New York at all times, I will fail. Um, so I don't know where these came from, but I'm sure a lot of your clients experience the same stories. <laughs> yeah, pretty common. Totally. And I remember, you know, there were a lot of conversations that we had too. the, the kinds of clients that you're and, and the relationships that you had mm-hmm. made with these clients where you were kind of getting that pressure to be on all the time. Right. And right. like having, I, I do remember there being some conversations around setting your boundaries and creating mm-hmm. space for you to be the kind of business owner and to show up and support them and to be like, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are, are think are in this kind of model where they're saying, well, you know, I have to be showing up. That way. I have to be like abandoning my, my family and my other commitments in order to, for them to right. keep hiring me, for them to want to keep working with me, that right. would provide value. That's what you do as a consultant. Right? I don't know if you if you remember if you'd be willing to talk about, but I'd love to hear how you think now about clients uh, or how maybe let's start with the past and we'll move into the future. But how, how were you thinking about setting up your engagements with clients back then? So many limitations. I feel like first and foremost, I had this notion that my clients were only hiring dialogue to work with me directly, have access to me 24-7, always available, always online. And and also there was a lot of like limitation on this is probably as good as it gets. And I remember one exercise we did where you're like, okay, like think I had six months, what could success look like? I'm like, okay, fine, behind this guy. And I love this because I've always believed in affirmations and visualization and whatnot, but I didn't believe it at the time. I was like, oh, this is, you know, hokey. But we, I wrote out a certain revenue goal and I wrote out a certain level of clients and number of clients and team members. And I have since so far past, surpassed that. Um, and it, at the time, I was like, there's zero chance that A, you know, I could hire a team where I could empower and you know, mentor and teach and train people who could also have these kind of relationships with clients. That was the hugest eye opener um, where it's so amazing to see my team connected and really, really offering incredible value to my clients. Um, So that was, I think, limitation number one. But then also just the scale of which dialogue could be, you know, servicing clients when I was able to grow. So we're now a team of eight and being able to, you know, work with larger clients and uh, bring on a greater roster and still maintain our our quality of work was another huge limitation. So definitely shifted. I think that's really awesome. 
I think one of the one of the limitations that uh, that I kind of heard and remember is this kind of I have to because part of it was what you were talking about before where like clients are coming to dialogue for me mm-hmm. and they want yes. me and they want me to be available 24 7 and then the, yeah. uh, there was another part of that too which was like and I am the only one that can do it only I can you know write the emails do all mm-hmm. the client management do the strategy and the creativity and all that stuff I remember that being a real part of like kind of the commitment to the story you had in, initially you remember yep. that oh immensely I mean I think the biggest thing that you taught me is that in growing my team I mean so many different approaches to to management that we've workshopped together but I think one of the biggest um learnings I had was just really recognizing that every single team member has a unique value and passion and something they can bring to the table and collectively when we all um, you know, work together. It's incredible how all of these stories of it has to be me, I have to manage this, I have to be present. When you have someone who's fantastic with client management, someone who's amazing with strategy, someone who's very creative and has all the ideas, someone who is an incredible executor and all these different pieces to the puzzle, that's when as an entrepreneur or consultant, when you are able to really empower people to do what they love most, um, that's where the the shift started to happen where I was like, wow, okay. So, you know, it's, it's possible to, to lean on others to really offer the same value. Yeah. I think that's another big part of what holds us in right. smaller traps is like, well, I, I know how to do, it. I have a very specific vision for how I want it done. And I'm really the only one that can do that. And then your time yeah. is going to be limited. So- and it's funny too, because uh, j- just to double click on the micromanaging piece, because yeah. I would never in a million years define myself as a micromanager. I didn't have leaders like that. I didn't believe in that form of leadership, but I think it comes from a fear of loss that you really hold on tight and can, you know, micromanaging doesn't necessarily have to come in the form of these like horrible bosses that are breathing down your neck, but it can come from just being too protective over the work and not trusting and empowering others and it being, you know, come across that way. So it's interesting because when we first spoke, I'm like, no, I'm not a micromanager. No way. But in a certain way, people can find um, elements to have control and to, and, and, you know, your, your consultancy is your baby and, and your reputation is weighing on it. And so um, I think reshaping what micromanaging can look like is actually pretty powerful for people to recognize there's different ways to show up as a micromanager. And the, uh, the flip side of that, where they're then where you're empowering your team and like kind mm-hmm. of letting them go out, you know, incrementally doing that in small ways where you can see and start to build your trust. I think is like a really important part of the journey is to like come to the point where you believe it and you can trust it. Zoom me forward now a couple of years. And so now what's your, what's your business look like now? What are the, some of the major changes that you notice in the way that you personally get to show up in your life and the way that your business gets to run? Yeah. So we're now, like I said, a team of eight, we service, um, I have to do really count and see since the beginning of five years, but I think we've supported over 60 clients, um, and are able to, and currently I think are, are working with 10 to 15, um, and, and we have a wait list of, of clients interested in working with us. And so um, definitely has evolved over time throughout the pandemic, you know, lots of bumps and hurdles along the way. But it, we've gotten to a place where not only is it's the business really growing and thriving, um, I'm really, really incredibly proud of the team that we have formed all together. 
everyone is really focused on their own personal growth plans. Again, thanks to you really kind of guiding me in, in how we can build these paths unique to each employee and not specific to, you know, I think in agency world, it's very easy to get caught up in sort of this hierarchical step ladder. And I think um, breaking away from that is where you all can really offer exciting value to employees. I think from a, a business perspective, we're now really eyeing ways that we can expand our, our service and ways to offer, you know, value to brands above and beyond our, our typical sort of retainer offering. We're, we're looking through different database solutions. We're, we're finding out ways and courses that we can possibly be helping educate and um, advisory roles. So I, I think the dialogue itself is really evolving in how we're offering our services. But also on a personal level, I've recently had a, a daughter four and a half months ago. And, um, you know, definitely that was a really frightening moment pre preparing for that because I wasn't sure. And that's something that you and I talked about of like how my persona as an entrepreneur or a consultant, as a marketer would shift and change. And I'm so incredibly proud now of just having the freedom because of this mindset that, you know, we've built together to, to really form and craft a balance in my life between my family and my work and supporting my team. The minute I let go of the shoulds of I should be doing X, Y, and Z, it allowed me to just craft like a, a work-life balance that works for me. It might not work for anyone else. And it's so fulfilling because I feel really proud of the work Dialogue's doing, the work my team is doing, feeling really connected with them, but also on a personal level, really, you know, plugged in and able to to be there for all the exciting moments with my daughter as well. So um, that was, I think, one of the biggest shocks for me and that, you know, people say, sure, sure, you can do it all, but you actually do have the ability to craft a life that, that you want and you don't have to follow the mold of, you know, someone before you. So, so beautiful. And I also really like the um the part where you went on maternity because like what a what a test yeah. the you know that that you remember that assumption that we were talking about before where it's like well, people are coming for me, only I can do it. You know? And then and then you have a baby and there's like that yeah. time where you're away. How did that go? That's a great kind of a case study. How did that go? Totally. I think for a lot of women in, in business, especially in, in consulting roles, um, it can be really, really frightening because, you know, I very rarely um, am offline and I don't take many, many holidays. And and honestly, that's something that I'm, I'm looking to to change as well, because that's a story. Like as a consultant, you absolutely should take time for yourself and unplug and whatnot. But I think it was very frightening as to what would happen, you know, being completely offline and more so not even just from a client's perspective, because I was really proud of the relationships my team had, but supporting my team and making sure that they felt mentored and taken care of while I was out. So we actually um, prepped probably about three to four months ahead of time. The leaders on my team and I, we had weekly meetings, we discussed all possible you know, things that could happen, what could come up, how we were going to handle it, planning ahead, what it looked like for each client over the next quarter. Um, and I also personally did a huge um, initiative and push towards new business. I was back in New York and I was connecting and networking and really getting ahead of the business, new business development piece before I went out on maternity, just so I had the kind of assurance coming back. And it was really, really beautiful because 
with all the preparation and and planning, certainly there was a lot of things that were out of our control that happened, but it really allowed me to be entirely offline. It was for five weeks. And, and I think, you know, in retrospect, it would be lovely to, to have even longer offline. I think women are incredible and badasses, but I think, you know, motherhood is something that is just really sacred and and women should have the, the time to recover and to kind of to to take care of themselves above and beyond five weeks. But listen, I was incredibly proud to have that time. And again, I think it was like breaking down the shoulds of my entire company's gonna blow up, my entire team is gonna leave, everything's gonna go wrong. Like, what if I'm not there? You know, all these like really crazy catastrophic um assumptions. And first I think it started with a mindset shift. And then secondly, planning and strategy, which you know is my go-to <laughs> I love to get ahead through strategy. It brings me a lot of comfort. Um, and then trust and and really empowerment. And what's really crazy is that that was a five-month period back in May. And that has now completely evolved our business through to September, where being forced to step out, my team is incredibly like empowered and handles you know a great deal that I didn't think would be possible. So it kind of forced me to get out of my own way. And, and empower people to to do their work without me being involved. Yeah, what a lovely gift that is. And I'm sure some yeah. listeners probably, if they're in that that phase, they're going to have this question: How did it? How did the team take it? How did it go yeah. for them? For the team? Totally. So um, I think one thing I, I'm really, really, really transparent, and I have really open dialogues, for lack of better word, conversations with my team, <laughs> and um, and I think. You know, at the beginning, when I first told my team that I would be out, I could see there was, you know, a little bit of fear of like, what is and what's going to happen. And because we went through this, you know, discussion and planning and strategy phase, all the possible what ifs, we walk through the scenarios. What if a client is unhappy? What if, you know, we lose a client? What if, you know, there's a, a catastrophe in one of our campaigns? What if there, what if, you know, we lose a team member? What if, like all these different possible things and just walking through the scenarios together on weekly Zooms, I think it really assured them that they have the tools to handle anything. And while I, I know they lean on me for, for guidance and support, I, they know they have the answers themselves. And also it fostered a connection between all of them. They leaned on each other. Uh, to answer these questions as they arose. So over time, slowly and surely, as we prepped for this, I could see that confidence starting to come. And we had documents of, you know, these sort of things. And and the team did send me sort of like hot takes once a week that I checked my emails on a Friday afternoon for 30 minutes of just any like red flags, like really urgent matters. So there was still, you know, if there was anything really urgent that they needed my opinion on. But um it, it was pretty cool to see how, had I not done that preparation, I think it would have been very different and, and frightening. But I think with that strategic planning, it, it really led to confidence on their end. That's awesome. One of the things I think your company in particular is a really beautiful model of is the way that you've done team and the way that you've mm. very intentionally hired a team and then empowered them to kind of support each other. I, I feel like you could probably teach a masterclass on that because it, it's just what you've done is really, really cool. It seems like your team really shows up. They really enjoy the work and they they really like, they do the teamwork thing really well. I think that's just like a really beautiful thing. Well, you can give yourself the compliment because it's thanks to you. <laughs> Honestly, it was from our conversation. I think, you know, 
having my career in this like New York hustle and working for agencies and corporate companies where there is this hierarchy of you start here, you get promoted, you move up the ladder. There's this very hierarchical one-way path to success. And, you know, having that experience myself, I had these expectations for others. And I think from our work together, it was so eye-opening that everyone is so unique and different. And as long as they have their heart in it and they're really motivated and excited and everyone on my team is incredibly passionate about dialogue and that I'm so, so, so grateful. I think they are really proud of the work that we do, the clients that we support, the environment that we work in. and taking the time to really listen to each one of them, getting to know their strengths and, you know, their opportunities for growth and really helping craft unique stories for each one of them and and paths was a game changer because now all of a sudden we've crafted a model of a team where it's just so ironclad because you have so many people that are really like living their truth and like stepping into their strengths and what they're excited about, what they wake up like fired up to do rather than like, oh, you know, this is part of my job description. I hate it. It makes me cringe, but I have to do it. So being able to kind of craft that uniqueness, not only like empowers each one of them to to continue to grow and, and be motivated, but it's just led to like, couldn't even imagine this level of productivity if you asked me two years ago. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Okay, so let's uh, let's zoom out for just a second. I want to talk through kind of generally speaking, what's your experience of like, how does coaching help? What do you think it is about coaching that helps to kind of create these sorts of results in the world? I think one thing that we talked about the first time we connected was that it's a two-way street and that the clients also have to be ready to put the work in and motivated to, you know, there's moments where, it's not that you're always hustling and grinding as an entrepreneur. There's moments where you're stuck or you remind me a lot of the times there's moments where I'm maintaining and that's okay to like, you know, cause oftentimes I can fall into the trap of more, 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 grow, grow, grow. And, and sometimes it's okay to just like, you know, improve and, and tweak as things are and maintain so that you can continue to build strength. So I think it's being open to testing and trying and excited to put the work in. But I also think what's vital for a successful coaching relationship is just being open to feedback. I think that's something that I'm I'm pretty proud of. Like I, I really welcome feedback and just any opportunity to grow. And I think when you're stuck in the way that the way you're you're doing it is perfect. I think it, it, there's very limited amounts to grow. But I think I come into our sessions really open-minded and because of that, like still continue to have just mind-blowing realizations after our chats because, you know, even last week you told me something and I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize I was doing that. And like, because you can just get so caught up and I think it's a really great opportunity to almost have a mirror of recognizing mm. like what your own limitations are as a leader. Like we're seen as the the founders and uh, you think people in founders positions are perfect. Hell no. Like, you know, we still need to grow. We have weaknesses. We have stories that we tell ourselves. And I think it's just such a beautiful like uh, opportunity to have a mirror to see ways that you can improve week over week. Love that. That's, yeah, that's awesome. And I will say you are exceptionally open when you show up to coaching sessions you're like you're, you're really vulnerable in the way that you're like bringing things to the table like this is the you know, yeah. this is what's going on and this is what i'd really like to focus on today and how can mm-hmm. we like change that i think that's really a powerful way of showing up for the coaching 
that helps totally. to access that mirror and that growth. Yeah. And I think what's really cool is I'm sure it's vitally different for every one of your clients, but what's cool is that we've crafted a system for us, you and I, that uh, works. And I like that you didn't necessarily, you gave me a lot of tools and ways that I can go through these reflective exercises, but you didn't force me into your model per se. So we tried different ways of having that. And I think what works best for me is I do bullet journaling and every Sunday I kind of plan ahead and I prep for my my organization for the week. But I also do weekly reflections where I'm thinking of three successes from the week before, you know, three learnings that I took away from the last week, plans and, and what I hope to achieve in the week ahead. And at the bottom is like topics for Ben. And I think going through those reflections, it really starts to identify, ah, here's what's on my mind. This is what's bothering me, whether it's like you know, a logistical thing or an emotional block or whatever it might be, or a worry or a fear or a story. So that's my process that when I come to those meetings, I've kind of thought about it and I come in with topics that are on my mind, but I'm sure it's very different for all of your clients. So I think it's cool that you kind of encourage us to, to find a, a format that works best. Yeah, totally. Okay. So uh, last thing, I guess, question that I had, and then I'll open up to you if you have anything else that you think would be relevant. What do you think are the important things people should know when they're considering working with a coach or about working with a coach? I want to also include just taking their freedom more intentionally, you know, putting it on the back burner. Yeah, I think awareness that we have story, limiting stories that we tell ourselves. I wasn't aware of any of them. And it was super eye-opening when we started to work together in recognizing the shoulds, the can'ts, the like, I won't, like all of these limiting beliefs and the amount of times we have blown the door wide open on, I'm not going to be able to live bicontinentally. I'm not going to be able to grow, you know, to a team of eight. I'm not going to be able to like sustain and get through this. I'm not going to be able to be strategic and get through my maternity leave. I'm not going to like on and on and on and on. And, and I, I think of myself as, you know, pretty confident. And I think even the most confident person can have these shoulds or can'ts and whatnot. And so I think that's just sort of, to me, the first step to freedom in your life is that these are just stories and they, they're not real. You get to define your own story and the way you, you craft your life. And even the stories that you're most certain exist there's likely a way to break them down. So I think just being aware of that step one and hearing like the the stories you tell yourself and catching yourself when you're telling yourself one, for me is like the first step to be like, oh, okay, this you, you can do things differently. Yeah, I love that so much. I like to think of them, they're all like, all of our thoughts are just like kind of, they're not true. They're like sort of lies about reality in a way. Yeah. And if you're going to tell yourself a lie, it might as well be one that's useful for you. <laughs> I, I'm a badass. Why not? You know, why not tell that? This is the, oh, I'm never going to be able to figure it out. I, you know, either one of them are equally not true. This has been yeah. awesome. Julian, how can people get hold of you? Definitely. In terms of our services, our website is dialoguenyc.com and our Instagram is dialoguenyc. So any, any questions about working together, I would absolutely love to connect there. And then on a personal level, my Instagram is Julianne Fraser and, you know, happy to chat with, with anyone who's embarking upon this consulting stages, you know, starting your own business, you know, balancing with motherhood and, and a recent topic, growing your team, hiring all of the above. Oh, and also living, you know, in two different places. That's, that's a fun one that I've worked through. So any questions people have, I'm, I'm all ears. 
That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. It's been really awesome watching your journey and I am just so grateful to get to be a part of it. Thanks, Ben. Really, really appreciate it. This is fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.